Welcome to this episode of Declaration Life. I'm your host, Christabel Braden, and thank you so much for deciding to listen today. You are in for a treat. We're joined by my friend, Caitlin Lassiter. She is a Lyme disease warrior, journalist, writer, all around beautiful, incredible person, and you're going to be really encouraged by what she has to share. Whether you're a chronic pain survivor or brain injury survivor, whatever you're going through in life, I hope that this conversation encourages you to keep going with faith and perseverance and to know that you're not alone. So thank you so much for listening. So glad that you're here. So I'm not giving up. Live a declaration life. Declare your purpose. Declare your place. Declare your worth. We're going to jump right into the interview in just a minute, but before we get there, I wanted to share today's declaration. On this podcast, we always share something that you can declare over your life, a statement or a phrase or a saying, some sort of life-giving statement to declare over yourself because what you tell yourself matters. Today's declaration, I will give myself grace. Just that, I'll give myself grace. We go through life so busy and we overstress and we overwork ourselves. And if you're living with a chronic illness or brain injury, or even if you're not and you are just living through life, life is messy. Life is hard. Life can be painful and difficult. There's always going to be something that is going to come and hit you. And that's going to try and knock you down. And if you aren't giving yourself grace through that process, it can be so hard to even figure out any way to keep going. But I have to say, the only way that I've learned to give grace to myself is by knowing that God extends His grace to me. And I'm going to be honest, it's been a bit of a hard week. I've started the podcast and I've been working and I have all this, all these things I'm, you know, trying to juggle as well as being a survivor of brain injury. Had a really, really bad migraine earlier in this week and it set me off. It was Monday and it it just set me off for the whole week. So I got behind on everything. I'd been trying to put out the podcast at midnight the day it comes out and it's Thursday right now, the day this podcast is releasing and I didn't get to it. I didn't get to it yesterday. And I was being really, really hard on myself. And then I got to it and I was editing the interview today and I was listening back and we were talking about giving yourself grace. And I was like, all right, Lord, you knew I needed to hear this. And so it's just, it's just so timely for me today. And I know that all of you guys listening, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through today, just know that there is grace for you. There's grace for your circumstance. There's grace for your situation. There's grace over your family. There's grace over your finances. There's grace over your job and your career and your work. There's grace over your schooling, whatever it is. There's grace. There's grace over your health. There's grace over your chronic pain. There's grace for all of that. So give yourself grace, take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, and know that you will get through this. I'm here with my friend Caitlin, and I'm so excited for her to share some of her story and wisdom with all of you. So hi, Caitlin. Hi, thank you for having me. 
Oh, thank you so much for coming. Caitlin has one of the most like sincere, kind, genuine souls that I have come across on this planet. Um, She is just like so calming and reassuring. And at the same time, like just makes you happy and brings you joy. (laughs) So I just love her. Thank you. I think the same of you. So that's, that's very sweet to hear. Thank you. Thanks. So uh, we met years ago. Yeah. Back when I was doing the Hope Survives tour, we actually connected on Instagram, right? Wait, I think we did. Yeah. Um, so I used to work for a company called New Release Today just up until about a month ago. So I was with them for six years and I guess it was social media of some kind probably, but yeah. we met through that and you were just getting ready to release the Hope Survives album and yeah, we ended up working a little bit on that. And mm-hmm. you were actually coming close to where I lived at the time to do a show. So I think I came out and got to meet you and hang out for a while. And I've just stayed in touch ever since. Yeah. And whenever I head down to Nashville, we try and grab coffee and yeah. everything. Or like not coffee, just at coffee shops. Right. Hot <laughs> chocolate. Whatever yeah. it may be that day. <laughs> whatever. Food. Um but yeah, so when we were putting together, when I, when I started putting together this podcast, I just knew I wanted to ask Caitlin to come on because man, she just has a way with words and expressing herself. That's just beautiful. And she's been through a lot. She has been through a lot in her life and in her journey. She's currently in college yep. and she is living with Lyme disease. So do you just want to share a little bit about your journey and kind of what's brought you to where you are? Yeah. Um, I guess it was about 10 years ago, probably, that I first started getting sick. So I was about 12 years old at the time. And I just noticed a few things that weren't right. It started with joint pain, like my knees, and then my hips, and then headaches, and back aches and just cognitive stuff, just piece by piece, it kind of started adding up. And I was playing sports at the time, basketball team, softball team, volleyball, whatever. I just loved all of it and was super into that at school. And it started to really interfere with that. And I just, my body wasn't working the same way that it once did. I think I kind of fought through it for a little while and just like tried to ignore it and hope that it was nothing and it was going to go away. After a few years of that, it didn't go away. And so we started to go to a few doctors and they started with things like, it's just growing pains. It's eventually going to go away. And after a little while of that, they started referring me to different specialists, different rheumatoid specialists, neurologists, just all the different specialists. And we would usually spend about six months or so with them and they would try some new medicines, run some more tests, look at blood work. And usually they would all end up saying, we don't know what's wrong with you. We don't think we can fix it here, I'm going to pass you off to this person and just continue that cycle for a few years, really. At the same time, still getting worse progressively, not massively, but definitely still getting worse and just not getting any answers. At this point, I had to stop playing sports and just a lot of things about life that were different because, you know, I was 15 and and living with this chronic illness, even though I didn't know that was what it was at the time. Eventually, somewhere down the road, someone diagnosed me with fibromyalgia They just kind of said, hey, you're going to have to live with this. There's no cure for it. You know, you're just, this is what it is. And we kind of settled with that. I never really felt like it was right, but I didn't really have anywhere else to go. 
I thought we had exhausted all of our options. And so I just kind of tried to make peace with it. And a few months into that and just being really discouraged with it, I was at a show and I met this artist that was playing that night. Her name is Elisa Turner. And she actually has chronic Lyme disease as well. And she was on stage. I'll never forget that night. She was sharing her story of um, literally the same, the same story of just being in pain for years and not being able to find answers and eventually finding out through all of these misdiagnoses and, and specialists and just the same, the same story that she had Lyme disease. Someone introduced us after the show and said, Hey, you guys should probably talk. And we kind of swapped stories a little bit. And just within minutes, I remember she looked at me and just said, I think you have Lyme disease. I said something to the effect of, well, they've tested for that and it's not what it is. So, and she said, yeah, they, they tested me too several times. There is a history of false negatives with Lyme disease. And most people test negative for it at first because of just the testing that they use, that the CDC uses as the first line of testing that that actually wasn't totally accurate usually. And that was the first time that I had ever really heard that. And so she just really came in my corner and wanted to encourage me to just try to figure this out, if it was it, if it wasn't it. And I think I I got really scared of it because it's a big disease that's really scary in a lot of ways. It looks different for every single person who has it. So it's not like there's this black and white blueprint of, this is what this disease is. From what I knew about it, I knew that it was a, a really scary thing. And I think the idea of that being it scared me so much that I just wanted to ignore it for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I went for about six months and just didn't do anything with that information. And she would text me every week or so and say, hey, have you have you looked into this yet? And I'd come up with some excuse for why I hadn't. I just remember there was this one night that was just, I was up at like three o'clock in the morning it was probably a really bad pain night and I couldn't sleep. And I just remember thinking like, I've got to do something about this. Something has got to give. And I remembered what she had said and I went and started researching. I remember finding these videos of people explaining their journey with Lyme and it felt like I was watching someone else tell my own story. Like it was so spot on with every single person that I listened to, the way that they struggled to get answers and struggled to be heard and the way that doctors had kind of brushed them off. And it just, it matched up almost word for word with every story. And so the next day, I just, I really felt convinced that this was it. And so I started to find a specialist. And after a few months of seeing him, they finally diagnosed me uh, with chronic Lyme disease. And that was in 2016, right before I graduated high school. So the last, what, four years have been trying to manage that. And for people who know anything about Lyme disease, it's really hard to treat. And it's even harder to find doctors who are willing to treat you beyond a few weeks of antibiotics and then just kind of call it quits if you're not better. And so uh, it's been a, a real struggle to find a doctor, to find treatment, something that I'm still not, like I'm still not there yet. Mm-hmm. But there is this strange comfort to knowing what it is and having a name for it instead of just thinking that you're crazy because everything hurts and you don't have a name for it. And you think that you're just like, it's all in your head. You know, you have doctors tell you that it's just all in your head and this is not real and you know, whatever it is that day. But as much as nobody wants to be handed a diagnosis like this, there was this 
strange peace and comfort to actually finally having a name and being able to say, this is what it is. And I at least know, I know now what it is. And I know that I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't have all the answers as far as how am I going to treat this thing? How am I going to deal with this? At least I have a starting point. Mm -hmm. And it's invisible. Yeah, it is. That's what makes it hard. Like it's similar to brain injury where you can't see it. So people don't see it. Even you don't see it. Right. Like sometimes like I'll look in the mirror and be like, I should be fine right now. Absolutely. But on the inside, I feel awful. And it's like my brain just won't work. But I look in the mirror and I'm like, I look fine. Like my makeup looks good. I look great. Absolutely. But I don't feel good. And like it even like fools you sometimes yeah. and like makes weirds you out. Oh, yeah. And there, there have been several occasions. I think of one time when I. I was at some women's event at a church and I walked into the restroom and there was this older, older lady at the counter. And I think she had a cane and she was obviously having a difficult time with her health. And I remember she looked over to me while I was like washing my hands or something. And she just said, enjoy it while you're young. Eventually your body's going to turn on you or something like that. And I just remember like, I think I probably laughed in the moment because what else are you going to say? But it was just this thing of like, when it's an invisible illness, you don't, you don't know, you know, you can be 15 and Mm -hmm. in so much pain and be so sick and it's invisible. So nobody knows. And they think you're just normal teenager, which makes it really hard to explain to people, you know, when you can't show up for this event or you can't play in this basketball game with your team, like all these different things that you have to step away from. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to explain because yeah, yeah, on the outside, you look totally fine. And it's especially hard because some days are good. Like right. <laughs> some days you have good days. Like I yeah. know I'll have some days like I lead worship at, at my church. And on Sundays, like some Sundays, I'll get through both services and I'm like doing awesome. And the end of the service and I'm like tired and then I get home and I crash out. Right. And then the worship coordinator at the church, like she wants me to do the night Sunday night service and the morning. Mm-hmm. And I did it once or twice. And I was destroyed for the whole week. Like yep. by doing three services in one day, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't, but I looked yeah. fine when I was there. And so it's really hard to explain. And I feel bad because like, I want to serve. I'm not trying to make excuses. Like I want to be there, but I, I right. just can't always. And it's hard to explain when you are fine sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, most of the time you're not. And it's, it's easy for me to get frustrated with with myself, but even with others when they don't understand. But I I mean, I can see why it's confusing. Like one day I can do this thing and then the next day I can't even get out of bed. Yeah. Do you ever have people tell you like they're tired of you talking about it? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, nobody that's like currently in my life. But yeah, there were, there was one person that I'll never forget. They said, um, maybe if you just stop talking about it, it'll go away. (laughs) Which feels very suffocating because... Yeah. I had someone in the music industry tell me that I needed to stop talking about my brain injury and just focus on my music because I would go farther. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like... It's this weird thing where it can't become your identity and it can't become who you are because, I mean, gosh, I wrestled with that for a long, long time, especially being sick at such a young age. It's like when there's all these things that you can't do and you're watching other people your age do them effortlessly it really puts this this thought in your mind of like this illness has 
devalued me in some way or like this is who I am now and it's easy to make that your identity and to believe that that is what defines you but there's a a big difference between it being your whole story and your identity and it being a piece of your story that really impacts who you are like those two things are not the same thing yes my illness is not what defines me and it, it can't ever be what defines me or I'm just going to be in a really bad place mentally because what a crappy thing to define you, right? But like I am without also telling that piece of it, it's not an authentic version of me. Yeah, because it's a huge part, yeah. even though yeah, it's yeah. not it's not the only part, but it's a big part. Right. A lot of who I am, even in my faith and the way that I know Jesus and the way that I have a relationship with him is, is so largely impacted by my illness and what I have to go through every day and, and the ways that that makes me have to lean on him in a deeper way. And the prayers that I pray, I mean, it's, it's just all very different because of that illness. And that doesn't mean it defines me, but it's definitely a big part of who I am. And to tell my story without telling that part of it would not be, it wouldn't be authentic at all. Yeah. That kind of segues into one of the things I wanted to ask you was about your faith. How do you get through those hard days and what what role does your faith play in helping you to continue to have peace even while you're living with so much pain? Yeah, I have been a Christian since I was a little girl. Like I can't remember a time in my life where I wasn't constantly being raised in church and raised to, to love Jesus and So that's been a big part of my life for as long as I can remember. But I think at the time, I didn't think it was a blessing. But I guess looking back at a very young age, I realized that when really bad things happen to you or around you, you have one of two responses. You can run from Jesus and be mad at him and push him away and blame him. Or you can choose to run to him and embrace him and get closer to him. I think for a little while, I probably tried blaming him and pushing him away. And why did you let this happen? And why didn't you fix it? Mm-hmm. And there's probably still days, if I'm honest, that that's more of what my prayers sound like. Oh, yeah. Me too. It's yeah. part of the journey. <laughs> it really is. And that's okay to have days like that. It doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian. Mm-hmm. It just means that you're human and you struggle. He's big enough to handle our honesty. Yes, absolutely. And, and he wants our heart. Like he wants, he wants to know our frustrations. He wants us to talk to him yeah. and, and pray it out and just seek the word and be like, God, why? Like, I thought you loved me. And that's when he comes in and he's like, I do love you. Yeah. And and here's how, and here's why. Yeah. But it's, it's part of it. Like yelling at God like, yeah. is, is a normal part of having a relationship. Yeah. And he knows those things anyway. Like we're not hiding anything from him. So if I'm mad at him, I'm not. I'm not hiding it from him if I don't tell him that. I'm only hurting myself because then I'm isolating myself and I'm choosing to to not talk to him about it and nothing's getting fixed that way. Like you can't you can't heal what you won't talk about. So if I don't ever bring that to him, then there's no opportunity for him to deal with it because I'm just not talking about it. So I think what I learned really early on, not just with illness, but with some other things in my life was that when those tragedies happen, when you get the diagnosis, when you have a really bad pain day and you can't get out of bed, whatever it is, you 
get to choose whether you're going to blame Jesus and turn away from him or whether you're going to embrace him and trust him and run to him. Mm-hmm. Choosing to trust him and, and run to him in those moments will not be the easiest thing, but it will absolutely be the best thing. And it'll be the thing that's worth it because it's the thing that over time it strengthens your faith and it strengthens your relationship with him. And I think there's this stigma in the church of like, if you are chronically ill or like mentally ill, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, that if you just pray hard enough, you should be able, like you should, you should be healed. And I know you and I both have prayed so many prayers and had people with such strong faith surround us and pray so many prayers for us to, Mm -hmm. to be better. And a lot of people in the church and even people in conversations that I've had have said, well, if you're not healed yet, you must not be believing big enough or you must not be praying hard enough. And I think that mindset is just so damaging to people. It's not only damaging, it's unbiblical and yeah, not true. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. People say that out of their own insecurities, but it, it, it doesn't make you feel any better because it's like somebody telling you that if you had more faith, you'd be healed. People tell me that. If yeah. I had more faith that if I just believed God that I'd be healed from my brain injury right. or I wouldn't get more concussions. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not how God works. No, And I think some of the people that I know in my life who have chronic, incurable, even terminal illnesses are the people with the biggest faith. The people that just, I mean, every day I'm in awe of, of the way that they still choose to to worship God and to trust him. And I think, I think it's a testimony of, I mean, it's one thing to stand up and say, I had this and, and God healed me. And now I'm on the other side of it. Like, that's amazing. That's an amazing testimony. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's such a power and a, you know, when scripture says that when we're weak, he's strong. When we can stand up and say, I had this horrible thing happen and I'm still in the middle of it. And I've prayed a thousand prayers and he hasn't answered them yet, but I still choose to believe that he's good. Even if he never heals me, I still choose to believe that he's worthy of my praise and of my worship and of my trust. And I'm going to trust him with my life, even if he never heals me. Like to me, that's, that's a testimony that, that I'm glad to have, you know, because then people get to see, okay, maybe she didn't get healed, but she's, there's something more going on there. Like it's not this lack of faith for me. It's, it's almost, it takes more faith to still get up every day and choose to worship. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. It's a lot easier to praise God and have faith when everything's good. (laughs) And when like things are going right and you're like, yeah, this happened, but look, he answered my prayer and I was instantly healed. Like, you know, you're like, yeah, I have faith. That's awesome. But like, to be able to be like, no, I'm I'm still in it, but I, I believe, and that's powerful. We need those stories. Yeah. We need those, those God answered this prayer and showed up, and we, we have to have those stories. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But all of our journeys are different. Right. And what's one person's story is not going to be somebody else's story. Right, absolutely. And we can't compare that when it comes to healing and, and, and prayer because, you know, God works different ways in all of our different lives and we can't always explain it. We don't always like it. We don't always understand it. But like you said, choosing to believe that he's good 
Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit earlier, you had mentioned about when you're having those hard days and having those um, moments that you choose to run to God instead of run away from him. Yeah. And for anyone listening who may be new in their faith or may be struggling and doesn't know what that looks like, what does running to God practically look like to you? Like what are things that you physically do when you're struggling that bring you to that place of peace? Yeah. For me, it's, you know, we talked about being honest with God and not hiding emotions. I'm, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I just, I'm very sensitive to things that happen. And um, for me to try to hide those emotions is not, that's, that's not getting me closer to God. That's pushing me farther away from him because I'm not being honest with him. And so I, I forget who said it, but I think it might've been Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North one time said, go on a drive and pretend that, that Jesus himself is sitting in the passenger seat and just have a conversation with him and just know that he's that near and you can say whatever you need to say and he's a big enough God to handle it. He's not going to get mad and storm off. He's not going to get offended and stop talking to you. Like he's a big enough God to handle whatever it is that you need to say to him because he already knows it anyway. Just being honest with God, sitting down and literally just taking a deep breath and saying, hey, I'm really frustrated today and I'm I'm having a really difficult day and this is why it frustrates me. And instead of running from that and trying to ignore that it's not happening, I'm just going to sit here and acknowledge with you that that this is really hard and I don't understand why you're letting it happen, but I trust you and I believe that you're good. So it always comes back to like recentering myself in the truth of who he is, because ultimately that's going to far outlast and outweigh whatever I'm going through that day. And so, yeah, sometimes it looks like just sitting down and having a few minutes to just recenter myself and be honest with God. Sometimes it looks like journaling and just writing out those feelings. Um, Sometimes it looks like being in the word and reading scripture and just speaking truth over your life. Sometimes it looks like, I know for you and me, uh, worship music is is a big thing that mm-hmm. usually I, I've got several playlists on my phone for when I'm having a hard day. These are the songs that I know I need to listen to, to to bring me back to that place. And even going to church and being in worship and just being around other people, I think sometimes I call it almost like an act of defiance when I'm having a really bad day especially if I wake up on like a Sunday morning and I'm just really not feeling it. And the temptation is like, okay, stay home, stay in bed, do whatever. And not that that's wrong, like at all, because you have to rest and listen to your mm-hmm. body. Sometimes, sometimes it is staying, staying yeah. home is the right move. Yeah, but absolutely. It just depends on the day. Yeah. Sometimes for me, it's like an act of defiance to say, okay, yes, I feel this way, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to choose to go worship you anyway. And sometimes that looks like getting up and going to church Sometimes it just looks like getting up and getting, you know, in scripture or praying or talking to God, whatever. I think also just like calling a friend, somebody who you know is going to lift you up. Absolutely. Everyone needs that friend or hopefully more than one, but yeah. everyone needs somebody that when you're having an awful day, you can call and be like, I feel awful. Give me a pep talk. Yeah, and they will. <laughs> yeah. And it's important that you know who those people are in your life and that you trust them because, yeah, being vulnerable about that stuff and being honest when you're having a really crappy day 
is scary because there's this fear of like, is this person going to reject me if I tell them like how awful today is or like, what is the response going to be here? And so it's really important that you, you know, that you have those people in your life that are a safe place and yeah, that you, you trust them enough and just let them love you to call them and say, Hey, this is, this is really difficult. And I just need you to talk me through it. I thankfully have those people and hopefully am that person to other people. And yeah, it is important to have the right people around you, but it's also important to treat yourself well and to take care of yourself and be that person to yourself. Cause sometimes you might not have someone to talk to, you know, and like you said, just talking to God, praying, but also just saying to yourself, Hey, it's okay. Like (laughs) talking yourself down can be a huge thing. And for me, like you said, journaling, journaling can help so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this idea of rest is like, I feel like I see it all the time now where people are talking about self-care and what does rest actually look like? And for me, it's, it's come to this thing where when you live with an illness, you have to constantly be taking care of yourself and of your body, especially because usually you're the only one who really knows what's going on with your body. And so if you're not taking care of yourself, nobody else really can. And so it's this thing where I've just learned that I have to give myself grace, which is not easy most of the time because I'm this person who wants to just push forward. And no matter how bad I feel or how much pain I'm in that day, I'm going to jump up and want to do these things and not want to cancel because I don't want to let anybody down and just push myself to the very edge and then pay for it days later. Yeah. But just learning to give myself grace, like, okay, I'm really tired right now and maybe I should listen to my body and take a nap or sit down and just not do work for a minute and just listen to what I need instead of trying to push through it. And knowing that on those really bad days, maybe everything on my to-do list doesn't get done and that's okay. That not being able to do that stuff doesn't, take away any value from me as a human being that I'm valuable because of who I am not because of what I do and so if I have a day where I can't do everything that needs to get done or I miss an assignment or I have to cancel a meeting that it's okay because there's grace for that and I have to be the first one to step up and give myself grace for that Mm -hmm. and take care of yourself and take care of your body not you know not only physically but spiritually and emotionally and when you push so hard like yeah there's physical consequences but there's also emotional consequences absolutely because having a brain injury like there's a very very similar correlation there in like I pay for it when I push it I get really bad headaches and my body just can't handle it yeah but at the same time like emotionally I deal with guilt and shame and Mm -hmm. you know like oh I can't cancel on this person or whatever and sometimes you just have to have grace for yourself. And the number one way that I've learned the only way that I have grace for myself is understanding what the grace of God looks like for me. Yeah. Knowing that Jesus died for me, not because of anything I did or anything I said or anything I didn't do or nothing like through all the worst parts of me, he still decided to die for me. That was his grace. And he chose to love me knowing all the worst parts. And he gives me grace and he chooses to love me (laughs) so much in all of that. So I need to love myself. Yeah. 
And I need to give myself that kind of grace because if he gives me that, then, you know, (laughs) only having a relationship with God has taught me what grace looks like. Right. I think we are so much harder on ourselves than most other people usually are going to be with us. And so we, we beat ourselves up over the smallest things and even the things that are bigger. We just, I mean, I know for, for myself, I get stuck in that like guilt and shame cycle of I should have done this and I should have showed up for this and I should have pushed myself a little bit harder to be here for this. And it's so easy to get caught into that and to just kind of lose yourself in that and start placing your, your value and your identity and what you do and how much in a day you do. And yeah, I think the really beautiful thing about, about that is that we get to kind of mirror and, and recreate the grace that God has shown us, not just to others, but to learn to give that to ourselves on those really bad Mm -hmm. days. Yeah. And when you have a chronic illness or a brain injury, you can't push. Like pushing's not an option. Right. Like you can try, but like I'm not like I have to learn how to be kind to myself and have grace because otherwise I won't survive. Yeah. Like because I can't push through. Yeah. Like life is disappointing when you live with chronic pain. Yep. Like life is just disappointing. Life is just hard. Mm-hmm. Your days are gonna be hard and, yep. and there's gonna be struggles and things that we we deal with and that we go through and ups and downs and there's going to be a lot of disappointment plans that you made that won't be able to happen things that you expected of yourself that your body just said no (laughs) plans that you made for yourself that you just can't follow through because of your body and uh, your brain yep and not having grace for yourself isn't really an option Right. I mean, it, it it is an option if you want to be miserable. All that's the time. a miserable option. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's a miserable option. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, like you can keep going in the guilt and shame cycles, right. but your life is not going to feel good. You, yeah. You're not going to have any peace. Yeah, like Caitlin was saying, like having grace for yourself through all of that. It's just so important, no matter who you are, what your story is, what you're living with. When whoever is listening right now, whatever you're going through in your life and your season, God sees you. You're seen. You matter. Your life matters. You're seen. You're heard. He loves you. He cares about every little detail. And he's giving you grace. So be kind to yourself in whatever struggle you're dealing with, because I pretty much guarantee as a human where there's always some struggle. Like, Everyone's I don't know if I ever yeah. wake up a day and I'm like, I am 100% content. There are no struggles in my life. Like, I, I just don't think that happens. Even when you're happy and life's going well, there's still something. Right. Yeah. So whatever struggle you're facing, just know, like, you can have grace and be kind to yourself. And God will help you how to have peace in whatever situation you're living through. Yeah. I think one of... One of my favorite quotes, and I don't even know who it's attributed to, but one of my favorite things that I've ever heard is you can't pour from an empty well. So for me, I always go back to that when I'm thinking about resting and and self-care and taking care of myself and all those things. And just knowing that spiritually, emotionally, physically, like I can't give to someone else what I don't have. And so if I'm not taking the time to invest in those things, 
for myself and make sure that I have what I need in those areas and I can't be there for other people. And so it's just this thing of like, yeah, you want to overwork and you want to always push yourself and do as much as you can. But at the same time, you just have to learn how to rest. And I feel like a lot of it goes back to that, that identity crisis kind of thing of we want to place our identity and our value and, and what we do. But the truth is that if you never, if you never did another thing, you would still be just as valuable as, as you are right now, as you've ever been, like your value is, is set and nothing can take that away from you. And so, yeah, just rest in that, that, that God sees you wherever you are and you don't have to, you don't have to strive to earn anything from him. He already loves you and adores you. And he just, he sees you absolutely where you are. You don't have to, to yell and scream to get his attention, even if it feels like he's silent right now. You know, you can yell, you can scream, you're not going to run him off, but just wherever you are right now, that he sees you and you're not forgotten and he knows exactly what you're going through. Even if you think nobody in the world does, he knows. One of the things that gives me the most comfort in that is that he he's working behind the scenes. Like even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel like anything's happening, that's usually when he's up to the best things. And so I just have to trust that he sees me and he knows where I am. And one of my favorite, favorite verses in scripture, probably my favorite, Exodus fourteen fourteen, that says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that's just kind of revolutionized the way that I think I, I have a relationship with Jesus because I've learned that I don't have to, I don't have to fight and work for it. Like he's already done what needs to be done for us to have a relationship and he's doing the heavy lifting. Like, I don't have to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. Mm. You know, there's going to be hard things. Yes, I'm going to have to deal with them. Yes, I'm going to have days where I have to, to get up and to fight. But the heavy lifting part is being taken care of by someone who's much more capable than I am of handling those things. And so I just get to, to sit still and rest and to to know that he's working while I'm waiting and that he's going to do something much bigger and better than I could have imagined, even if it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. So good. That last, even when it doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Yeah. That right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you can preach that, girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of plans and ideas about what we want our life to look like. And rarely, if ever, do they work out that way. I mean, I feel like I could be the poster child for that. Like, I just, uh, I mean... A few years ago, I thought that I was going to be at a different college in a different state and just all these things that I could list that I'm, I was so convinced were going to happen another way. And he just showed up and changed my plans. And what I found was that what he gave me instead was something that was even more beautiful than what I had originally planned for and, and hoped for. And I just, I've got to believe that he knows best. Yep. So, yeah. Girl, I feel that. <laughs> you said that so well. I keep telling her she needs to write a book. She's going to have a book out. This is the conversation we have every time. <laughs> every time I talk to her and every time I see her. Because it's true. It's true. She has Thank such you. a way with words. But <laughs> what you what you just said, like, yeah, I feel that. You were yeah. speaking and I'm just like over here like, yes, I feel that in my bones. Because yeah. my life did not go and is not going the way I thought it would. 
I did not expect to have a severe brain injury and double digits of concussions after that Yeah, and be in this place where my life just doesn't look the way that I thought it would. Before my brain injury, I wanted to be an attorney and I wanted to go to Yale. (laughs) Like literally, I would never have a podcast like this. Like this was on the last thing on my mind. But through all of this in the last decade or whatever, I um, I've grown in compassion and I've grown in love in ways that I did not. I, I don't think I would have without the suffering. Absolutely. I don't think I'd have the love for the world and the love for people and the understanding and compassion for people who are different than me and for people who've gone through different things than me. Yeah. I don't think I'd have that if I didn't go through what I've gone through up to this point. Yeah. And yeah, life, life doesn't look the way that yeah. I thought, but God is good. And even when things are hard and, and when bad things happen, he can turn it into something good. The right. bad stuff doesn't go away. The bad stuff isn't gone. It's not, you know, erased. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but he builds on it and he makes the good stuff heavier than the bad stuff. Heavy. I don't know if that's the right word, but like the good stuff's bigger than the bad stuff. Right. And so all the good that maybe you know, you've become a different person or your relationships and your family have grown stronger or the impact that you have been seeking to make or the path you're on now, it might not be what you planned, but it, he's able to turn something good out of the bad. And that's, yeah. that's what matters. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. And he's always continually writing our story. You said something earlier, I think towards the beginning of this podcast about being on the other side and how like, you know, when you're not on the other side and I, I, I feel like I don't know if we're ever on the other side. I feel right. like we're always on the journey. And yeah. um, once we get on the other side of something, then we're on the front else. of something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's never just, over. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a continuous thing. Yeah. But you don't have to wait for your story to be over before you make an impact. Like Caitlin's yeah. an amazing example of that. She's still struggling with her Lyme disease, but she didn't say, no, Chris Ball, I'm not going to do this interview because I still struggle with pain every day and I'm not on the other side. No, she was like, hey, I'll, I'll be honest with where I'm at. And yeah. she's choosing to make an impact and use her life for God's glory and use her life to help other people even while she's in the pain. And that is beautiful. And that's an example for all of us, Caitlin. Like. You're amazing. Thank you. There's this scripture that talks about encouraging others with the hope that you found, or I forget exactly what it is, but it's, it's something to the effect of now that you've been encouraged this way in your suffering, now it's your job to encourage other people this way. And I don't have all the answers by far. I mean, there's, I have more questions than answers every single day. And I'm not at all an expert on any of this stuff. But what I know is the ways that the Lord has shown up for me in my journey and the ways that other people have shown up for me and things that I've learned through suffering and things that are different in my life now because of what I've walked through and some of the things that helped me get to that point. And I I just, it feels empty if I don't try to share that with other people because like you said, literally everyone is suffering. Like there is no one who's not going through something. It might not be chronic illness. It might not be, you know, this big, huge, scary thing, but somebody 
is dealing with something. And so it, it, to me, feels like it makes it worth it, you know? Because if I'm just suffering every day, if I'm just, if you and I are just in pain every day and there's no point to it, that's miserable. Like, that's such a miserable way to live. But if I can take something that I've learned through what I've been through and be honest about it and be vulnerable with people and have one person say, that helped me feel a little bit less alone today because you were willing to be vulnerable and share that. To me, that makes it worth it. That Mm -hmm. that makes me feel like what I went through wasn't for nothing. And to me, that's, yeah, that's, that's worth it. Well, I can guarantee there are people who are listening to this right now who are like, Caitlin, you've made an impact on me. There are people who feel that way. I feel that way. You've, (laughs) you made an impact on me today. And and through being your friend and knowing you, like you've definitely made an impact. So be encouraged in that. Know that no matter what, and you, you, you just said it better than I could. Yeah. All that. <laughs> no, all of that. Thank you. You're the eloquent one that's going <laughs> to write a book. Oh my. <laughs> we'll I see. really do badger her about that. We'll but, see. Um, I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you this recording is going to be like played back to you in your future. And you're going to be like, yeah, Yeah. I have like 10 books and a number one bestseller. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 10 Nashville trips from now. You're going to come sit down beside me at Frothy and be like, remember when we did that interview? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. So, all right. Thank you for sharing and sharing your Lyme journey. So how can people get in contact with you? Social media. Yeah. Do you want to share your Instagram? Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Lassiter, which the spelling is just the spelling should be somewhere in this podcast information. So don't try to guess <laughs> because there's a thousand ways to spell it. Yes, but it's there. And you have a blog, <laughs> right? I do. I do. Uh, it's Caitlin Lassiter dot blog. Yep. So I'll put that in the podcast description and also on our yeah. Declaration Life Instagram. I'll link to you once this episode's out. So everyone can go follow you and follow your journey and check out your blog. Yeah. And be encouraged. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Declaration Life. Would love to connect with you on Instagram at Declaration Life or at ChristabelBraden.com slash Declaration Life. Join us every Monday and Thursday as we explore what it means to live a declaration life.